afternoon. I want to thank you very much for um, tuning in and supporting me this afternoon. Your, your support is always um, appreciated. I wanted to get that off at the top of the uh, podcast. It is Saturday, March the 21st at 2 p.m. Central Time, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment. I'm Leon Davis. <clears throat> it is a pretty trying time um, for everyone and I want to send my best out to you and yours and hopefully um, you are taking precautions and that you haven't been um, uh, have anyone diagnosed with COVID-19 and that uh, hopefully that will not occur Um, and if you do have family members that have been affected um, that they will get better soon. And if you've lost someone to COVID-19, um, my sincere condolences. Um, this year, this uh, virus, this situation has, is, is, I don't want to say has, is not only putting stress on people, but stress on systems and stress on the way we live, the way we have been living, and the way we um, will live from this point forward. It has um, pointed to some, um, I don't want to say, some uh, cracks in the system, some things that we need to adjust in order to, in in going forward on how we deal with situations of this nature. Um, In my lifetime, I have never dealt with anything particularly like this. I remember as uh, a youth that um, we had the warning system and we um, learned about, um, you know, crawling under desks and being prepared for tornadoes. And I don't want to compare this specifically to um, man-made situations. It's just that the readiness of society to deal with a situation where something could potentially be a mass harm to life um, and and how we've dealt with it and how we, we plan to deal with it from here. So what I'll kind of talk about in this episode is, uh, so the title of the episode is A Case of Robotics, and I classify basically all things that... Um, so not only robotics, uh, but also artificial intelligence and automation um, and how that plays a part and some of the things that we should be aware of uh, going forward as far as in, in dealing with um, tragedies and, and things of that nature that, that uh, present themselves and just normal everyday living, even in non-tragic situations. And that's coming up right now. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Okay, so um, part of what has had to, has transpired is that um, a lot of companies have had to shut down. Um, a lot of um, resources that we normally take for granted that we can you know, hop into an automobile and uh, 
get to in a matter of minutes has changed and now um, how we have to live for the next few weeks or months um, we're not absolutely sure but we're doing the best that we can as a society as, as a global community in order to combat the situation to bring about a positive end of it um, but the way we've had to live has it, it has changed and um, this has brought uh, t- for me into light um, robotics or automation or computer assisted living um, and and some some dif- difficult questions or some significant questions about um, implementing that in society so first um, if if we were using more um, technology, then we could still make deliveries. We've got um, robots that make deliveries. So that could be um, more widely used in this situation. And here's the, here's the concern. So let me, all right, I'm going to come back to that point. I'm going to start here. Um, Lockheed Martin uses augmented reality in the construction of its new Orion spacecraft. Now, technicians don the Microsoft HoloLens and see an overlay detailing exactly which piece from among thousands goes where. Lockheed's head of emerging technologies reported that the preliminary use cases result in over 90% reduction in touch labor turning what once took multiple texts, multiple shifts into, into work that one person can do in a matter of hours. So, so there obviously is a, a um, benefit in use. And the problem that we run into is if we implement something like that, if we implement, I can say something like that, but if the, the more technology that we implement, the more jobs that we cut. And the more jobs that we cut, the more technology we need to implement, the more technology we need to, um, so so, um, I, it, it's a chicken egg situation. But um, so you implement technology, and it cuts five jobs. That's five less people providing um, economic input into the system um, because they they're not, you know. Uh, creating wealth or they're not accumulating wealth and then paying it back into the system. And and then because a company has lost five customers, um, they now have to automate. Um, So other companies may have to automate because of loss of customers in order to stay viable, in order to be able to keep the doors open. They have to find some way to get the work done. Um, And there's no uh, influx of cash or capital from uh, customers that make it possible so they have to automate and then the more they automate the more people they lay off the more people they lay off the more they need to automate so it becomes a vicious cycle and so my concern is that we should find a way to make sure that that people who want to work anyone that wants to work um, should be able to work and then um, be able to use automation 
robots, artificial intelligence as a backup if, if and when the labor force, the human labor force changes to the point of where um, that kind of automation is needed. And then that automation is, as, as the labor force grows and we have more people to do the work, then the robotics and the automation is pushed backwards uh, or removed from service so that we can create those jobs so that people are the primary source of getting things done. Now, there are certain things like uh, dangerous jobs, which I think automation or robotics would probably should probably retain and that we shouldn't necessarily put um, as you know, uh, carbon-based units, human beings, in a position uh, like that if we can spare life using robotics. And that's obviously going to be on a case-by-case basis. Um, and uh, so, so that's um, something that I think, you know, we obviously have to talk about and we have to come up with some kind of idea going forward um, so that is that is one aspect of automation or uh, um, robotics that I think we have to deal with. And then there's another aspect of it. And the second is um, it appears that the more automated we become, the more um, robots and machines are used, actually the further apart that we become as citizens. Example, so um, bankings and ATMs. At one time, you could not get money without um, talking to a teller, to, to someone who works at a desk, and you you go in, and uh, so there's this rapport you build. There is the constant social contact that makes that builds communities, that strengthens neighborhoods, that strengthens you know uh, society because we can connect with other people. We you listen to uh, the person's you know they, they talk about their kids and there is something you connect with there. Maybe you have children or maybe you want to have children, but there's that connection that's built that. Um, that, that keeps the society going, that keeps us connected to one another so that when we do pass laws, when we do um, make decisions about things going forward, that we keep in mind those relationships, those people that we've talked to, um, the lives that we've come into contact with um, outside of our own, because we as individuals can't experience every aspect of life. And understanding someone else's challenges and uh, difficulties help us to make better decisions. And as we implement more uh, technologies, we seem to be uh, forgetting further and further apart. Take grocery stores. Uh, at one time, it, you always saw a teller, you saw a, a check or a cat register person, and you. You go through, and, and that doesn't mean you're always going to have a conversation with them, but if you shop in a neighborhood store or you shop in a store on a regular basis and you see a person's face on a regular basis, 
it starts to build a rapport where you feel comfortable talking to that person and sharing some of the things that have gone on in your day and some of the things that have happened in your life and you start to connect and that connection helps continue to build a community it builds a better community so if if something happens in the store um, you don't feel disassociated from the people it may be happening to and and you take part in um, problem resolution as we all need to be a part of problem resolution because we depend specifically on each other but now in the grocery stores we have self-checkout registers at first um, the grocery store in my area had four registers uh, and then recently it went to six and I've noticed that as the number of self-checkout registers has increased the number of available checkers or register people has decreased and I see that as a, a particular problem um, while I understand uh, people make a mistake so someone um, We've done what, a lot of things that we can, like putting barcodes on things that, uh, so that a checker doesn't uh, enter the wrong price and things like that. And, and I think those things are good. Um, and sometimes we think that in order to eliminate a lot of those mistakes that may be replacing the individual and only doing it automated is a better system. Um, but I think we lose something, as I was mentioning, that we lose that contact. It, we're saying it's no longer okay to be human and make a mistake. So a person makes a mistake, uh, put the wrong item up, charge the wrong item, uh, you catch it, we can resolve the situation. Um, if we go down the road of technology, in that particular instance, and we're and eliminating all of those positions, how do we rebuild those connections that are lost? How do we rebuild the communities that um, are shattered by um, a lack of connection um, in, in, in those communities? Because it's going to have more than just a community effect. It's going to have a, a global effect, actually. Um, Panera Bread. <clears throat> Panera Bread has implemented kiosks. Um, the same as the self-checkout register, you go in, you um, you can go in, place an order, um, make you know, get your drink, uh, get your order, and leave or sit down and eat, and never have to talk to a human being. Never have to talk to a human being. Um, another another item. Uh, uh, apps now you can order your food on an app walk in pay for it in the app pick your food up never have to talk to a human being now you, you may see some human beings because um, you have to walk past them as they walk past and get their stuff and walk out but um, there's no interaction between you and the company on a personal level. 
um, I'm not, there's not somebody there going, did you get your order the way you liked it? Was everything fine? Was it okay? Is there anything else I can get you? You know, um, this would help make, improve your order. If, uh, several people have ordered that and they, they add this particular item to it and it enhances the, 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 uh, the item to make life better. But you don't get any of that because we've implemented the technology to quote unquote make things easier or to streamline um, purchasing and acquisition um, and we've eliminated that community. We've eliminated the connection between you and getting things done in your life. Um, another uh, situation that has arisen and it um, gives me a lot of grief personally. Um, it's um, call centers. Um, so many times I've gotten calls for um, different different things, and it's a recording. And they do the they they're doing the best that they can to try to make it sound like natural conversation so that you don't recognize that it's it's not, it's computer generated. Um, they've even gotten to the point of where they tell jokes. Um, so, so one um, call I got is, you know, guy talking about, you know, I'm, I thought maybe I got your voicemail or something like that, and, and he was telling some kind of a joke. Um, I started to hang up, you know, and and but I knew it was a computer generated, um, and it's even though I'm on a do not call list, these things still come in. These they still um, get past the do not call list and and come to my phone. Um, so. So as we have implemented, um, have we as we have in implemented technology, we've done it in such a way as to eliminate um, human interaction. Uh, so I had a I had a difficult had some difficulty with um, a situation. And I had to look at my credit report. So there was information that I needed to get from my credit report that I couldn't get online. And that, that's another way um, we're, we're building walls in between people is that everything's online and you don't have to, again, deal with uh, another person. Now, don't get me wrong. I think some of that is great. Um, I myself have specific challenges with getting around and so um, I do spend I do order things online often um, and I do I try to get to the store when I can but there are times when I just cannot I can't I, I don't drive at this time and so you know chasing down someone with an automobile can be a challenge um, but anyway um, 
So, uh, oh, I kind of lost where I was. Uh, anyway, so, so getting things online. Um, oh, I know what it was. I had contacted, um, tried to, to, to get a hold of the uh, credit rating agency. <clears throat> and I looked for a way to try to reach a human being. So companies have made it virtually impossible to reach a human being. So, so first, um, they did everything to try to steer you into um, using their automated system and never having to talk to a person. And then they had minimal, you know, sometimes you click zero or whatever was necessary in order to get to uh, somebody to talk to. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so this particular credit rating, they see there was no way to speak to a person. There was no way to open up a chat window to even type to a, a, to a person. Um, and I've even had situations where I think Dale does this. Um, you can be typing in a chat situation and, and there not be a person on the other end of the chat. Um, so as we continue to implement technology, um, we're implemented in, in such a way as to completely isolate the customer or isolate individuals from the company, from, from the humans, so that it, it almost seems that companies can automate um, and operate without humans. Um, I, I, I'm not, we're not there yet, but, but it's easy to see that we're headed in that direction. And um, that human, that building of human connection, I think is one of the most valuable aspects of building a better society. And so finally, um, one of the things about um, automation and artificial intelligence um, that concerns me is that the more things that we automate, the more things that we have robots do, the more things that we have artificial intelligence do, those are things that we don't do. And if we don't do them, we lose those skill sets. Um, it has been brought, well, I, I remember, I think, oh, I think over the past year or two, um, there was, there was a to-do about um, not teaching cursive writing. And, and that seems... I'm, I'm using it as a simple example, um, but there are, uh, let's say, um, building automobiles. Um, the more the more robots do that, 
the less people you need to do that. The less people you need to do that, and the further down the road that people aren't connected to it, the more likely you are to lose that as a skill. To lose that as um, a skill set that you can do to help build a better society. Um, furniture, most furniture either comes pre-assembled or it comes so easy to assemble that it that doesn't require any tools. You just put a bolt on, they put a, um, a real flimsy or small wrench or an Allen wrench and they make it so easy to put together um, that you almost that you could pretty much get away with not having a toolbox. I remember uh, growing up, um, a toolbox was standard um, standard equipment for being a man. Uh, it's standard equipment. If you didn't have a toolbox, you you couldn't classify yourself as a man. You just you had to have a toolbox. And um, so my thing is, you need a toolbox where there is a pair of pliers in it and a screwdriver or whatever. But, um, you know, the further we get away from, the, the more we implement this technology, it, it, the more we seem to be um, canceling out skills that have served us for centuries. Um, so so these are these are my concerns for um, The, the, the growing trend towards artificial intelligence and automation. Um, and I would love to hear uh, your side on that, what you, you think may be useful or you know what, how did I miss the mark on this? Um, what things did I not include that are important in understanding technology? I mean, I think you know, at this particular time, we're facing a situation where um, they're asking everyone to lock themselves in their homes and not go out, period. Um, but you still need to eat. You still need to have your refrigerator repaired if it goes down. You still need to have your washer and dryer running. You still need to clean your clothes. You still need to go to the store to get cleaning supplies or food. And how do we manage to make that happen while combating the situation that we do have? So I think there's a place for technology. I think there's a place for the automation. Um, I think we need to be better at implementing it, be smarter at implementing it. And I think that is not just the responsibility of the government. That's not just the responsibility of businesses. That is also the responsibility of us as um, people. One of the, and, and it's just a small way, one of the ways that I, um, try to help is I don't go through um, the self-checkout line. And I, I realize that sometimes I am in a rush and, and need to do that. But I try to avoid at all costs going through the self-checkout. Um, I realize that the price of my groceries are going to reflect that. 
But for me, there's something bigger than the price of groceries that is at stake here. So as I said, I think we as uh, people in our society have to take an active role in deciding how things play out and not be passive in the implementation of technology in our society. Coming up next week, uh, I'm going to wrap this up this week. I'm coming up next week. I have another uh, topic that I've already picked out, and I'm really excited to talk about. It's the name of the uh, podcast is going to be interest, interesting business decisions. It's about um, how business functions and works currently in our society. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to uh, tease it any more than that, but I think it'll be a, a very interesting topic and a very interesting discussion. So I look forward to having you with me then. Until then, you stay safe, and uh, I look forward to being with you next week. That concludes this episode, and thank you for listening. This podcast is designed for live listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com home for details about how to join the conversation. The video version of Altitude Adjustment is available on YouTube. Search for Lion's Den STL. And the audio podcast is available on Stitcher.com, Anchor.fm, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Look for Altitude Adjustment where you get your podcast and consider making a contribution by visiting Anchor.fm slash Altitude Adjustment 2. Remember, the Internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes because it matters. As always, be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you. <laughs>